This is going to be a good one. It's going to be great. It's about to be real intense, though. Yeah, because you have a lot of notes in front of you. I do have some notes. I have no notes. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Living Church. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, today's good, yeah. Dude, sometimes we film these podcasts in the morning. Right. And sometimes we film in the afternoon. And it's an afternoon. This is an afternoon, which means we're both a little... Crazy. And brain tired. Yeah. But it's going to be good. Yeah. So let's just tackle one of the most giant subjects in all of culture. After an entire day of work. After an entire day of work. <laughs> what if we talk about men and women in ministry together? Hmm. Scandalous? Scandalous. Controversial. Qu question mark? Yeah. It's a little controversial. There's a lot of conversation in the church, outside the church. Yeah. Everywhere. But super important and necessary to have. Absolutely. So just this last Sunday at Living Church, yep. um, we kind of carved a Sunday in between sermon series for me to unpack our biblical perspective yeah. of women in ministry. Right. And so <clears throat> instead of us here getting deep off into the weeds of like the theology of women in ministry, right. if you're watching, I would really encourage you to go to Living Church dot com watch that message i'm sure that we can tag it somehow in the comments or something comments yeah. i don't know you'll find it it's on the internet yeah and so i deep dive uh kind of historically women's active role in the church right all the way from creation all the way before jesus all the way into the New Testament church, right. women were a very important role right. in a lot of places other than singing and taking care of babies. Right. And so for me, when I became lead pastor, I realized that um, that when the Bible says that a woman is a helpmate, that it wasn't only referring to a wife. Right. So Rachel's super, Rachel's my helpmate, but I think that it kind of discredits the magnificent creation that God's made of man and woman. If right. the only person that's ever going to help me do anything in my life is this one lady, right. that God has another helpmate for me and that you can have, a woman can have another protector, another right. covering, another person advancing her along with her husband. Right. No. And so this is a journey that we've been on. Yeah. Uh, it's a decision you made. I'm grateful for it because yeah. uh, it's allowed me to step into all that God has for me, but it is not been an easy journey no and it's still a conversation that we consistently have that we are going to always have yeah and so i think it's worth the conversation to help those who might be starting out in a journey with hey i am a woman i want to be in ministry i have a woman that i've identified would be helpful in ministry yeah. i think it's a good conversation for us so to to lean back to something you just said yeah do one it. of the reasons that i was so pro women in ministry Yes, because uh, I believe that that's what the Bible teaches and gives an example towards. Yeah. But also because working with you, it became so obvious right. that you were gifted to do the things that we needed done at the church. Right. You were a gifted leader and a gifted communicator. Yeah. And so the gifts that we have, they come from God. Right. God gives them to us. Right. And so my job as a leader is to equip the saints. Yep. That's including of staff, yeah. not just church people. Right. And so to to it would be unright for God to put gifts in you for then me to look at it and say, I'm not gonna allow it. Right. And but so sure it was easy. It was it's been really hard. I was gonna say but it's also been extremely easy. I'm sure it was easy, but then kind of maybe surprising or maybe confusing for yeah. your own like Yeah, mega surprising. Uh because 
Well, yeah, I will. I uh, thought that my executive pastor would be a man. Yeah. How come? Because that's what I've always seen. Yeah. And uh, and because I think that a, a, a number one and a number two, <clears throat> I think that a leader and a executive mm-hmm. have to have a close, intimate relationship. Yeah. They have to know each other's brains and schedules and families and things. And it just felt like more natural. Yeah. How would that be possible? How would that be that possible? Work? If I'm right. taking a trip somewhere, right. he can go with me. Right. And uh, and so I actually tried. I actually tried. Yeah. Hired a friend yeah. to come on as our executive pastor. Uh, super gifted guy. Love him. God loves him. He has great gifts. Yep. But just quickly realized that wasn't the fit for me. Right. Now, I don't think that every male leader must have a female number two executive pastor. Right. I don't think that it's like this is the only way. No. And but I think every, it's one of I think it's one of the ways. Right. Not every role um that a church has must be filled by a woman too. You know, like right. I think there's all different roles in the church. And depending on the organization, a woman in certain roles are the right fit. But for us, yeah. that was the dynamic that we realized God had had chosen. When we first came on kind of paid staff here at Living Church, it was as our communications director. Yeah. And so you were helping oversee all communication that went out from social media, emails, even like church announcements and all those right. things. And as you and I, we had been working together for right. years In previously other, yeah. to this. It just became so obvious that you had more <laughs> in you than just those pieces. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with women being over worship. Right. There's nothing wrong with women being over kids. I think that it's dangerous though when we relegate women to only being allowed to do those things. So you're identifying what you're identifying is typical and what churches who don't believe women in uh, in full capacity of ministry there's a lot of churches that say those are the only roles. Yeah, those are the only roles that, or women's ministry. Women's that ministry. older women can teach younger women and those are the only places they right. can ever be a lead. Right. Um, and so the churches that I always grew up in, they said in their words they believed in women in ministry. Right. But I never saw it fleshed out. Yeah. I saw a lady preach on Mother's Day. I saw a lady sing. Yeah. But teach I, Sunday school class. Teach Sunday school class. Right. But I never actually saw, man, massive weight on a on a lady as a leader in the church. Right. If you come to Living Church now, if you show up on any Sunday, you're going to see women on stage every single week. Yeah. Not only singing, but talking. Right. Whether leading a prayer time or uh, giving announcements or preaching the message yeah. or taking the offering or doing reminders and dismissal. But for the first five years of Living Church, Never. it was it was a boys club. Yeah. Yeah. It was a boys club. There were about six of us in kind of Mike rotation. Right. And so when I took over, we had a deficit. Yeah. We've talked about it a little bit yeah. that like kind of the church was imploding. Right. And the only person who knew how to talk in a microphone was me. Right. And so the first thing that I had to do was start putting Rachel on. Right. And so Rachel started uh, making announcements and, right. you know, t- doing an off- doing offering and praying and things. Right. And then Whitney came along and realized that Whitney has a great gift of communication. So started putting Whitney on. Right. And now it's so much a part of our culture. Right. I I can't remember a Sunday that we haven't had a woman on a mic. 
I can't. I mean, I can't. No, I don't think because so. Because even if you and Rachel were out of town, would have Bailey. Right. Or Casey or right. Amanda. Right. We've got a deep bench right. now of powerful women that can do yeah. all kinds of things. Yeah. No. And so in the beginning, it was a hard, it was a hard shift. Yeah. Because we'd never seen it done before. There's right. not a rule book for it. Right. And so we were like writing the rules as we went yeah. kind of, and yeah. then trying to make sure we did it right. Yeah. And as I would talk to other pastors and try to gain advice, they wouldn't have a whole lot to say, or they would tell me weird things. Right. Like, well, be careful. Yeah. Like, be careful. Or they would say, don't get too many of them. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, <laughs> don't get too many of them because right. I might be able to control and lead one. Oh, but I if get I get it. four or five women in pastoral or leadership roles, then now they're going to gang up and I'm not going to be able to understand this weird woman language that they're talking. <laughs> Which sometimes right. there's emotions and things happening that I have to um, have patience to right. understand. But, but but there's also emotions and things happening for us girls day. with dudes that we have to understand. All day. <laughs> and, and so I didn't have like a great model of right. exact. And they're out there. They're definitely out there. Yeah. We're not saying that we're the only people that model this. No, we just in my In my context, yeah. I didn't have it. Yeah. And since then, we found some right. and have gleaned wisdom and information and, and Absolutely. things from them. And so when we made the shift, man, I felt a lot of resistance, yes, from outside the church, but mostly inside the church. Yeah. Um. I can't tell you how many times people came up after a service and said, like, hey, Pastor, can I, can I talk to you? Right. I remember the first week that you preached. Yeah. It happened a bunch. Yeah. And people come up and start quoting uh, Timothy and Corinthians right. to me. And at that point, uh, I had a great framework of the Bible in its entirety and like where women were involved and engaged, but I didn't have really a great response yeah. or an understanding all the way. I just knew that this is where God was leading us, which is not a good thing to base your theology off of. Right. Right. You should not base your theology off of what you feel. Right. You should base it off of what the word says. Right. And so I started a deep dive of what does the Bible teach in holistically about women in ministry. Yeah. And for me, I believe that it says that women can hold any office in the church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's something we've worked diligently to study scripture, understand, learn from others. And then now, yeah, we're walking out. And I think that it sounds like it sounds pretty now, yeah. but it was a difficult journey and it still is. And so we made a decision. We're going to lay, we're going to lay some building blocks down. My heart to do it is for the next generation, but also for the women right now. You just named a list yeah. of women, Rachel, Casey, Amanda, Bailey, that, that I am honored and privileged to take some of those bullets and weird yeah. arrows for yeah. so that they don't have to. Yeah. And I think uh, that's the, that's part of the struggle. Part of the tug yeah. Yeah. is that, yeah, if we wanted to step into more, it was going to be a fight, Yeah. but were we, once we, once we determined this is the right thing, Yeah. then, okay, let's get to work and let's yeah. figure out how to fight it. So if somebody uh, wants to make a culture change yeah. to have women more prominent involved in ministry, you're in for a fight. It's a fight. It's a fight on both fronts. For me as a guy, as the leader, oh, yeah. I had to fight some other dudes. Right. And for you as the woman, you had to absorb some arrows. Arrows and words, yeah. thoughts, opinions. Yeah. So I had, I'd have guys come and talk to me and uh, it finally turned into that I would have to say to guys kind of my piece and my biblical right. idea. 
and then uh, say, so either you can submit to that, uh, you can submit to that, you can be quiet about it, or you can find another church. Yeah. Which in this is why we need femininity and masculinity. Right. Because it was in that strength that I was able to say, here's our vision, here's how we're doing what we're doing. Right. I don't care what you say, I don't care how much you tithe, right. I don't care who you are. And so I kept having those kind of one-on-one -on -one conversations. And then what do you think, like three years ago maybe, I made like a... Declaration. I did like a declaration, it wasn't yeah. a whole message. We just did the whole message just yeah. now. But I did the whole this declaration of like what we believe and right. we put a stamp of approval and she is Pastor Whitney yeah. and Pastor Rachel. Right. And here's how they're functioning. And I said on the stage, and so like you're either gonna, same thing, submit to that, be quiet about it, or find another church. Right. And we had a couple people leave. Yeah. And that's fine. No, it's fine. See you, sucker. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. No, but but it was worth it. I think you said something a minute ago um, that is unique in this dynamic. So for a person a female and a male in in this dynamic in this role of men and women in ministry together god spoke to you a long time ago that like part of your job was to be a protector of me to right. be a covering for me yeah what also then is a weird dynamic for me was to allow and to accept protection right. and covering from a man who's not my not, husband. Not your husband. And you're not my wife. Right. And this so, is this belongs to somebody else. You right. you already saw Aaron and Rachel on the last podcast yeah, if you missed right. it. Right. And so like for Aaron, it was a conversation, which we'll talk with them about this dy this dynamic later, but he had to be okay with me receiving protection and covering someone else, but I had to learn to submit to that. Yeah. And I think for as women um, stepping into ministry role, hey, we have to be good. And I say it all the time, like we, above all else, we have to guard our heart. And for me, I have to guard my heart and allow it to be molded and protected by someone else. And that's a big deal yeah. because I had comfort and protection in those arrows and in yeah. those words. I knew that you had my back. Yeah. And so it was a lot easier to absorb the blow and not get bitter right? because I knew that you had my back. And so I think for women in ministry, we can all really, really want to step into all that God has for us. But we have to make sure that when we do that, we do it in a healthy place under a healthy leader who's going to take good care of the roles and the position that God has for us. Yeah. I, I say it all the time, like I'm honored to be under your leadership because you fought so hard yeah. for it, because you've been willing to speak to it. For sure. And that's a rare thing. So it takes a strong man right. to allow for a strong woman for in sure. leadership. Yeah, to, to, to facilitate that culture shift. For sure. And to not care what the other voices say. Because there were, there were a lot of voices. Yeah. A lot that you know about and a lot you still don't. Right. Because and I I'm realized, okay with, I realized okay. early on yeah. <clears throat> that if every time I had one of those conversations, I came and told you right. what somebody said, yeah. that's not helping your confidence. No. And for you to step into the more that you felt God tugging you towards. And so I just had to have the fights and just not talk about it. Right. Now, years later, you right. know most of the names, or right. but some of them are just rando dudes that I'm right. like, who dude, even is that? You're right. listening to your so and so grandpa who preached about something, right. and you don't you you don't even know where the references you're quoting are from in the Bible. Right. You don't even know who Paul is. Right. So I don't I don't care what you say. Yeah, and I mean there were there have been moments where there was one guy that we noticed hadn't been coming for a while. Oh, there's a good one. I noticed actually. Well, I had been trying to get this guy to come to Living Church right. for years. He's yeah. a business owner and had been inviting him, reach, trying to yeah. reach him. And so he finally came and visited and started getting connected. No, he had, he had asked Jesus, <clears throat> like, to, he yep. had renewed his 
uh, relationship with Christ. He was really digging in. And then one day I was like, hey, we haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. And you were like, oh, yeah, we haven't. I'll call him. Let's call him. And you called him. And Whitney's in my office. Yeah. And so I just call him on speakerphone. And he doesn't know that I'm there. <laughs> but you're just like, hey, man, how's it going? We miss you. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. I just wanted to talk to you. And just right then he's like, Hey, well, yeah, actually, I was talking to another pastor buddy of mine. And well, another pa another pastor in town. In town, yeah. Now this guy's an influential business owner. Yeah. So and he so now he's knows. came to, he's came to Living Church, got saved. Right. He's coming. Another pastor finds out he's coming to Living Church and says, I, "Oh, well, you know they got that Pastor Whitney lady, and that's unbiblical. Yeah. And so what they're doing." Is is not right. And you shouldn't go to that church, right. but you should come to my church. Because we don't do that there. And the guy's such a baby Christian. Oh, so and like the other pastor opens right. 1 Corinthians 14 and reads him two verses. Right. And the guy then thinks I'm a heretic, right. so he leaves the church. Right. And so I tried to talk with him on the phone, but his mind was already made up. But that hurt that hurt to hear. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Luckily, in that context, for me, it just broke my heart because I knew he's yeah. he's so new in his relationship with Christ. Yeah, and I was kind I was just ticked at the other guy because I'm like, what what happens yeah. if he loses his relationship with Jesus based on your for sure theology, whatever? Right. We've had people that we're close to who've come to me and said like, hey, I want to apologize to you. I yeah. wasn't with you, but now I'm for you. And, and in those moments, it's a little bit jarring because you know they're being honoring. Yeah. And they're they're trying to say, I'm with you. Right. But in the moment, you're kind of like, oh, I, yeah. I didn't know you weren't ever for me. Yeah. Like, And so there's just lots that I think we've navigated because I don't ever want to be the raging, bitter, woman power lady. Well, right. I want to be who God's asked me to be submitted to the authority first of Jesus yeah. and then the authority of this house. And so I think that sometimes women get a bad rap of being women in ministry because there are those who fit the stereotypical bitter Betty. Something Pastor Winnie says is the hardest thing for women in ministry is other women in ministry. Yeah. Because sometimes ladies are so passionate that they believe they should be able to do something they put that hat on so aggressively that now they're 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 towing the line for that instead of the church right. or instead of the pastor and everything that they say is uh waving that flag right and uh you know if if you're offended it affects everything it affects everything i said in a message if you've got doo doo on your upper lip poo poo caca <laughs> if you've got it on your upper lip the whole world smells bad yeah and so if a lady is so offended that she hasn't had an opportunity to be in ministry before right. or that the executive at their church is a man and not a woman, they're walking in a fence. And so now everything smells bad. Yeah. And so we believe in women in ministry. Right. We also believe in men in ministry. Right. And we believe in like doing the thing that's right for that church and that context and that house. Absolutely. So it's not just, hey, every pastor, you must go and hire an executive female. No. No. But you have to be open that God would bring solutions to problems in people that might be women. Right. So let's talk about some of the setbacks, some of the hurdles, some okay. of the reasons why. Yeah. So I've got I've got a couple uh, and just a couple thoughts. Yeah, you got notes today, which uh, is a little intimidating, but okay. No, but you, it's not. It's just a couple bullet points, just, just so I can keep my brain in yeah, track. Yeah, yeah, do it. I just there's there's some reasons I think that men don't 
allow women in ministry okay. or don't want women in ministry. Okay. So let me just read my list and then we can talk yeah. about them. First, because of biblical confusion. Right. I dealt with that very specifically in this message from last Sunday, biblical confusion. They don't allow women in ministry because of their interpersonal sin. Okay, that's a good one. Okay. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, because of fear of others' voices. Right. We've talked about that a little bit. We're so afraid of what uh, Moneybags McGee is going to say who tithes a whole lot, and right. we know what he believes in women in ministry because right. he grew up in this denomination of church, and that's what they think, fear of others' voices. Uh, we don't want women in ministry because of the emotional navigation. Yeah. Because working with women is different than right. working with men. Right. Now, that's not a bad thing. That's not me throwing shade right. at women. Just you process things emotionally differently than another man would Right. sometimes. Yeah. Not worse. Just different. Different. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, and this is this one's gigantic. It might need to be a whole other podcast. Maybe we can get it in. I don't know. Is men can't allow women in ministry because of the lead pastor's wife. Yeah. Adam and Eve were called to have dominion in the earth to subdue the earth. Right. Right. Then all throughout the Old Testament, right. women were used. Um, Moses and Aaron would have killed each other had it not been for their sister. Yeah. Right. There, there are prophets in the Old Testament right. that literally spoke from the word of God. There are women that addressed kings and brought freedom to people. Right. Old Testament. New Testament, there are women, the, the first ladies who, the first people who saw resurrected Jesus right. was Mary Magdalene, a woman who used to be a prostitute and had seven demons in her. And before Jesus showed himself to her at the tomb minutes before were John and right. Peter. Jesus could have chose John and Peter right. to reveal himself to, but instead he let them go back and right. he revealed himself to right. her. It's it, We say that for all the time that Jesus died to be our savior, but lived to be our example. There's nothing he didn't do intentionally yes. to show us an example. And all that Jesus did was promote and change the culture of women and yeah. help say that they're equally important people in society. And maybe the most influential sermon preached in the Bible was from Mary Magdalene Absolutely. when she said he is, he is risen. risen. Hello. Everything in Christianity hinges on a resurrected savior. Right. Everything. The very first And the first the time gospel. it was preached was from her. He, then, he knew what he was doing. Uh, when Paul wrote the letter to Rome, he had it delivered by a woman right. and she not only delivered the letter, but she pontificated. She answered questions to the church in Rome, maybe the right. heaviest piece of theology ever written in right. all of the Bible. And a woman was the first person right. to explain it. So I just have a really hard time. Right. Um, yeah. Let me just say a little bit about it, about okay. Okay. Timothy okay. and Corinthians. The Bible was written to us for all time. Right. But there are pieces of scripture that were written to situational occurrences. Right. And so in the same way that Peter, and in the same way that Paul wrote to Timothy, bring me my cloak. Right. That doesn't mean that I have to buy a cloak and fly to Middle East and find a dude and give him a cloak who's in jail. Right. It was a situational right. thing. And so there are things that Paul wrote that were contextual to the day. Yeah. Uh, that we just have to be aware of. But I really unpack that in the message. Yeah. So we check that out. Okay. Next one is the, how's the wording that you used? The sin uh, uh, undealt inter, with? Interpersonal sin. Oh, so I think that one of the reasons that men are afraid 
to allow women in ministry, they, they might even believe biblically it's true, but they have interpersonal sin they have not yet, yet dealt with. Yeah. This is a big one, and I'm a little nervous to even get into it. No, but I think for me, what I have felt, and I've like joked about it, but it's true. I have felt a feeling in other scenarios, not in our dynamic, but in other scenarios where um, they are afraid that I'm going to accidentally sleep with them because right. I'm a female, they are a male, and that is such an absurd thought yeah. that only would exist based on sin. Right. Uh, I think that guys already have a disproportionate um, belief in themselves. <laughs> we already think that we're hotter than we are. Right. And so, so there's this idea that if I get close to this woman, she will seduce me. Right. But guess what? There's only one Delilah and only one Jezebel right. in the Bible. Right. But there's hundreds of good women. Right. So like we can't call everybody a hoe. <laughs> True. It was not Bathsheba's fault. It was David's fault. Right. And so we can't run around calling women Bathsheba's when we're the pervert on the roof with binoculars looking at her taking a bath. And so I think that one of the reasons that guys can't allow women in ministry is because they already see women wrong. Right. No, they already have a misperspective, a wrong perspective, and then they're not willing to really be open and honest about thoughts, feelings, emotions. Right. Because it is a real, I mean, you and I have a real relationship, a real friendship, yeah. an intimate relationship, like yeah. you said, that does require honesty and truth and yeah. trust. But <laughs> if, if, if it's going the other direction, there's a bunch of problems already wrong right. with who we are as people. For sure. We neither one should be pastors. Right. If that. There's, yeah. If, if, if we're so afraid, if we're not going to allow women in ministry or our wife isn't going to allow other women to be close to us. Right. Because we think that we're going to cheat with them either, either emotionally or sexually, then there's another underlying issue right. that needs to be dealt with. Right. Um, now, Rachel is already here, and so if you've seen yeah. the podcast, you've seen my wife, and I would say this if Rachel were here. As a matter of fact, we're going to have them on the next right. episode, and we're going to say it. Whitney's an attractive woman, my opinion. Right. So, no, I just want right. to say thank you. No, right. Yeah, so. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> no. It, it would not be fair right. of me to say, you know what, because Whitney's an attractive woman, I can't be in proximity to right. her. She is a temptation. She is right. a, these are unfair labels. I wrote down, uh, you have to be able to lead women you're attracted to. Yeah. If my internal compass is so far off, I can't lead through that. I have a bigger issue and should reconsider even being a pastor. No, it's true. So uh, I go to the gym. Right. <clears throat> I went to the gym this morning. Okay. I saw attractive women. Right. Should I not go to the gym? I get up and preach on Sunday, and there's attractive women in the church that attend. Right. Should I not show up to church? The Bible says that we need to flee sexual temptation. Right. This is true. The Bible also says that we need to be able to tear down strongholds in our mind. Correct. The Bible says that we also need to be gaining victory, that we need to be renewing our mind. Right. And, 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 and for guys, we have to learn the balance of, I think someone is attracted, attractive, Versus, I am going to actively try to sleep with this person. Right. There's a there's a ton of space in between those two right. facts. No, 
a ton. And I think that if guys um, are looking at porn, it skews how you look at every woman. Absolutely. No, I've already told you, yeah. there are other men that I've worked in proximity around yeah. that I'm like, this dude is not yeah. someone who should be leading really anyone, yeah. much less women, because I can, there's an aura, there's a, there's a feeling of like, there's something unhealthy here. Yeah. And that's not about me. That's about them. Yeah. And what happens so often to women that, that is heartbreaking, that I, that brings me tons of grief is that the, the sin that's in them is projected on us. Yes. And that's a really unfair, it's unfair thing. Right. And so as women, we have to be intentional to make sure who we're aligning ourselves with, that they are living a life above reproach. Right. But that also we are too. Yeah. And then recognizing that if somebody's words have hurt you um, because of their sin, that's, it's not on you. There's, right. For me, I had to really process that for a long time. Yeah. That, that some things people said about me were really not about me. Right. They were about their own either insecurity or sin. Yeah. And so that's something that you have to deal with if you're going to work in ministry together. So I love Billy Graham. Yeah. I love him. No, let's talk about this. Yep. I have a big uh, po not poster. What is it? Yeah. Piece it's of a, art. It's a canvas. On my wall of yeah, Billy Graham. Yeah. I'm motivated, motivated by the impact that he had on society for right. Jesus. And Billy Graham is famous for having a quote yeah. or what has been deemed the Billy Graham rule that said he will never be alone with a, another woman. Right. He will never other ride in a car. Wife. He will never ride in a car with a right. woman. He will never have a closed door with, a, with another woman. Right. And in Bible college and even in, minis in, in ministry training and in churches, that was taught to me like the 11th commandment. Right. Hard taught right. to me. Be, and I get, I get it. I get it. I get it. But, I, I, but there's a, di there's a difference between me being in a meeting with Whitney, who my wife knows and has approved of right. and who is biblically aware, right? or me having a meeting with some girl I met at the gym that don't nobody know about. Right. There's, there's mass difference. Well, and I think that the, the Billy Graham rule is about setting boundaries. And there should be boundaries. And there should be boundaries. And you and I have boundaries. Absolutely. But for that day and time, there were different perceptions, different perspectives. And then the truth is he was an evangelist. Not a, not He's a not a pastor. pastor. He's not yeah. leading a church. Uh, there, there's so many pieces of that that I'm like, if we just hold on to one fast rule always and forever and never look at it in yeah. our context, it, it, there's so much less we can accomplish. It's worth the tug. It's worth the tug. To say, hey, how can we look at this and make it work for us? My fear is that guys uh, read a few verses without the full context of the Bible and they hear a quote like that right. uh, from Billy Graham and then they hold that as their gospel. Right. They hold that as the encapsulation of how women should be viewed. Right. Um, and so I think we've talked before about you and I and some of our boundaries. If not, I know we will with Rachel and Aaron. We have a little, but I think one that's worth noting is one of the first... And once you just said, is this whole idea of like meeting together, yeah. you and I would not be able to accomplish what we accomplish at no Living way. Church if we couldn't have private conversations that other people weren't involved in. Correct. If we couldn't push the boundaries of what uh, we've already like achieved, oh, we want to step into more, we need to talk about this and yeah. be able to handle it. If we had a staff issue that we need to talk through, yeah. if you and I couldn't have a private conversation about that... Um, it, it would hinder the yes. growth of this church. And so in the very beginning, when we first started meeting together, um, 
Well, even before I worked full time, I had another job and you would come to my place of yeah, employment. Yeah, Whitney, Whitney worked at a large mall in the yeah. area as a rep for Procter & Gamble. Yeah. And so during her lunch break, I would drive to the mall and we would meet in the food court. Right. Just us at a table. Right. Uh, because it was a public place. It was a public was, place, but it was the only way. And still that, we got some weird looks. Yeah. Like we would see people from the church and they would like look at us and we have our like computers up and all right. the things. Uh, and they would kind of be surprised right. by that. Yeah. And, and so that was a, a thing we had to get over. And right. we talked with Rachel and Aaron about it. And right. how do we do this? And how do we navigate this? Then, and, then I got my office here. Yep. We turned a closet into an office. I will have a bet with any pastor watching. I bet I have the smallest office from any pastor I, I don't think in America. I don't really think it's possible that anyone has a smaller one. I think, I believe I have the smallest <laughs> office of any pastor in America. Send me the measurements of your office, and if uh, your office is smaller, I'll mail you a free t-shirt. Because, that's good. Okay. Because yours is actually a clawfice. Cla closet. Clawfice. So, it was a closet yep. that was so small, we turned it into an office, and uh, we cut, I got a guy in the church to come and cut a hole in the door and install a Home Depot window. Yep. Because... This was so new, I didn't want there to be a closed door that maybe me and Whitney are having sex in my clawfist <laughs> on Tuesday afternoon. Right. I didn't want anybody to be thinking that. So we said, okay, well, here's an easy way. Yeah. Anyone can see into the conversation we're having, but it still allows for a closed door yeah. conversation. And so I, I feel like anybody who says... But how offensive is that? Well, how offensive is it to your integrity... Right to think that we're going to close the door and have sex with each other. How it's offensive absurd. is it to your husband? It's abs it's that, extremely. <laughs> that we think that your husband is such a bum that right. you're what just going to say about him. And what does it say about me? And what and does it like, say about Rachel? And my 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 track record of being in a relationship with Jesus and avoiding other women. Right. It, it's just it's just unfortunate yeah. that we 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 just write women off right. without having this kind of odd conversation. No, it's much better. To and the Aaron and Rachel one's going to be super important. No, it's super. We got to hurry up and do that. It's we will do it. It's super important dynamic. But but the Billy Graham rule, as you're talking about it, I think it goes both ways. It's because of this undealt sin issue, but then it's also the next one on your list, the public perception piece yeah. of like other voices. What do they think? What do they say? Yeah. What are they judging? I mean, I remember one time you and I, we were uh, somewhere, we had been traveling from one meeting to another and we stopped to eat and we ran into a, a, a group of people that we knew. Yeah. For a staff from another church. Yes. And, and when we walked in, we both were kind of like, Oh, should, should, should we, we go leave? to, should we go to another restaurant? Because Which is the opposite of who we are. No. Yeah. But it was like, what are they going to think? Are they going to think it's weird? Our yeah. spouses know where we are. Yeah. Our team knows where we are. Yeah. But what do we do? Because anytime you and I drive somewhere together, we te we have a thread with Aaron yeah. Rachel and we send a text. Here's where we are. Here's how long we'll be on. Here's exactly. what we're doing there. And our staff knows. And yeah. we're going from a church meeting to another, to back to the church. And so we're going to swing by and grab something yeah. to eat. But I think we have to be aware of that. Absolutely. It's, we're we're no, not, I'm saying, not saying it as yeah, a, it's not throw caution it. to the wind. No, it's have caution and guardrails. Yeah. But then at the same time, you've got it. You've got to plug your ears. Right. Um, we have went to like uh, I hold my credentials with the Assemblies of God. Yeah. And so we've went to Assemblies of God meetings. Yeah. And uh, got kind of looked at crooked in the parking lot. Right. Because we pull up in my truck and both jump out and everybody there knows who my wife is and it's right. not you. Right. 
I, I get it. I get flee temptation. I get cleave to your wife. I get all of that. But are we really that afraid of the devil? Are we really that afraid? Are we giving him that much power? Do we think that he has that much power? Like if accountability works right. and honesty and transparency work, then, then man, we should be able to live in freedom. Right. Jesus said that he has given us uh, set us free. What is the verse that? Which one? He, um, does so um, that, he that the son says free no, is free he, indeed. Yeah, he who is one? free is free indeed. Yeah, <laughs> yes. We're free indeed. Right. We're not like halfway free. No. But he's brought us freedom. Right. And so I think that if pastors are sketchy, you know, all the time Bailey comes and takes my computer. Right. Or she comes and takes my phone. Bailey. Me, me too. Bailey take knows phone. the password right. to my phone. And my computer. She can take it anytime she wants. Do you right. know why? I'm not nervous there's something on there she's about to see. Right. It's true. Now, it hasn't always been that way. No, right. <laughs> it hasn't always been that yeah. way. But when I really started to get accountable and understand that, man, this stuff is going to hurt me and my wife and my life, I got to stop doing it. Okay, sorry. I kind of No, went it's back. really important, though. I think it's a huge piece of like, because the truth is, if you are having undealt with sin issues, don't, don't step into ministry, men and women together. Just don't. Say that. Say that again. What you just said. Yeah. You you have you have came into a life of full accountability. Yeah. And so if someone watching isn't there yet, if you have some massive undealt yes. with sin issues, yeah. why don't you just stay away from it? For, yeah. Until you're ready. Yeah. If you because, can't admit it and talk about it, I still have temptation. Well, that's yes. I'm still a red blooded man. You're a human. Yeah. Correct. I just now have accountability. Right. And, uh, and I really openly talk, we'll, we'll talk with Rachel and Aaron about right. some awkward conversations we've yeah. had together as a group yeah. where I tell Aaron, Hey Aaron, here's, I'm going to not do this. Okay. But okay. But pastors, you've said, we have both said this word though, that's really terrifying. And so what do you mean you have an intimate relationship? What does that mean? Talk about it. Uh, intimacy is way more than sex. Okay. And so it doesn't mean sexually. Right. Whitney is my sister. Yeah. And so she's, my mom is not her mom and my dad is not her dad. Right. But throughout this journey, you've became my little sister. Yeah. And so you n can tell when I'm feeling sad or right. angry or happy. And I can tell when you're being insecure, you're insecure or right. you're upset or stressed out. And so I think that just through proximity, there's new levels of intimacy. Right. The longer someone has been on our team, the more intimate we are. Right. Tim Horton is yeah. a good friend of mine. Right. I've known Tim close to 20 years and right. him and I have an intimate relationship. Absolutely. Tim can listen to me preach a sermon and tell how I'm how I was feeling the week I wrote it. Right. Cuz he knows me. Right. I can look in his eyes and understand what he's feeling. Right. Now that's not inappropriate. No. But for the first time in my whole life other than my wife or chicks I used to date. Right. There's this other woman right. who I now have an intimate relationship with, and that has been weird to navigate. It can be it can be kind of scary the first few times. I remember one of the first times that like we had a staff issue and we had to deal with it, and we were both a little bit emotional about it yeah. because it was painful. Yeah. And I can remember this like, mm, is this okay? Are we all right that yeah. we're having? And what do we have to do? Just talk about it. And so yeah. I think if anybody's stepping into uh, a new season of men and women in ministry, there's going to be moments you face that you're going to feel like, is this okay? Is this yeah. awkward? Is this weird? Yeah. And you have to be willing to, to deal with it. We uh, we are, live in church, bought 36 acres of land. Yeah. And uh, we were super excited. And it was a big celebration. Yeah. And at the closing date, 
It yes. was it was a complete disaster. <laughs> they didn't have the title stuff done or something. We were there for hours. We were there for they eight, messed it eight up. hours. Yeah. We had to call our directors. Anyways, we got it done. And I remember at the end of the thing, right? Whitney and I were so excited. Right. But I we weren't where we are now. And no. so I wasn't gonna hug you. Right. We were both kind of like, we were like yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good job. Good job. Like he it did was it. it was a weird. Mm-hmm. We trust each other and right. we have great accountability, but wait, I don't think that I can give you a hug yet. Right. And Not we, that we hadn't hugged before, no. but that it was a like, this is such an exciting moment. If we share this, is this weird? Yeah. Is this wrong? How do we navigate this? What is that? What does it mean to be excited together yeah. in working together? It's just real stuff you have to talk so, about. It's about to get real deep. It's, we have to. That's what it, okay. we exist for. It's about to get real heavy. And there'll be some people that can't swallow all of this. That's fine. Okay. I had to ask a question at one point where I said, do I have a crush on Whitney? Right. That's, it's kind of weird. It's super weird. Right. Now, the great thing is I had this question. I talked to my wife about it. Right. We then talked with you and Aaron about it. Right. You basically had the same kind of question. Right. And so let's unpack it a little bit. Do it. Um, we work together. Right. I love the church. Absolutely. I love what God's called me to do. Same. And because you and I work closely together, when I'm thinking about the church, I'm also thinking about you. Right. That's weird. But not you. Right. But you're a part of the conversation right. or in the meeting or you need to do something. Or, or I'm, I'm super excited about the meeting that we have tomorrow. And so yeah. I'm like, I can't wait to get there. And, da, da, da. and then I'm like, what was well, that weird? And so I, I don't know, but... I think that any married man, if you've been married 10 years and you have any other women in your life that you're close to, I think that that's a question that has came across your mind somewhere. Right. Is this, is this okay? Right. Am I feeling? It's not, I am feeling it's wait, this, this feeling I'm feeling reminds me of when I was 20 and had a crush on someone, Right. but not a crush, but I'm thinking about them and they're not here. Right. Right. I'm nervous saying all this because if people just turn it off right now, they're going to think that what you and I have is already inappropriate. Right. But what I'm saying is for women to be really involved in ministry with a male lead. Right. These are questions that have to be talked about and communicated. Right. Because so we sat down as the four of us and we unpacked, what does this mean? Right. Because Rachel, as a teacher, had a male director that she was really close with and right. laughed with and text with. Right. Aaron is an airport manager, has a hundred women that report right. to him and some that are really close in his office. Right. And so for them, they had the perspective of, no, we, we understand, what, understand you what you mean. Rachel right. said, no, my department head, he's an attractive, nice man. Right. Ray, Aaron's got women that work for him. They're attractive, nice women. Right. And there are things that they had processed. Right. And it was something that we just had to honestly like, oh, no, no, no. This is this is just a new depth of relationship and yeah. intimacy of brother and sister. Yeah. Because what if what if when the Bible says brother and sister in Christ, that's actually what it means? It's almost like it was written intentionally. What if that's what it actually means? I think that it you're might not be. you're not really related. Right. But you're a brother and a sister it's in Christ. It's not just a title we say to the old churchy lady who yes. is finally holy enough to receive it. No. It's but not, instead, it's, it's actually what God was intending for us as a church family yeah. that we would operate as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so there was this weird transition of, I'm afraid 
of women in ministry. Right. Then there was, I'm a little nervous about Whitney. Then, well, wait, this is super weird. And is this appropriate? Right. And then there was a, oh no, she's my sister in Christ. Right. And then once we have real accountability and we have all these awkward conversations, there's now no more, there's now no more right. nervousness. Right. But it also requires being real about the next thing on your list is the difference in emotions, the okay. difference in the navigation in feelings, because on that day that we signed those papers, I was a little confused. Like I knew there was awkwardness, but you had not yet put words to it and I had not yet put words to it. And so half of me was like, is he mad at me that this no. took five hours no. to sign? You know what I'm saying? I, I, um, I wanted to hug my wife first. Right. But right. it was because I was still wrestling with some of these things. Right. And so I felt like I'm about to give Whitney my celebration instead of give Rachel my celebration. Right. Which was a weird, right. But, but we weren't there yet. We didn't understand brother and sister in Christ. Right. We hadn't had all the conversations huh. with the spouses yet. And so for me, it didn't just take like uh, the conversation. I had to listen well. I had to understand. I had to not get bitter or frustrated or hurt or offended, but instead go, I want to have this conversation. And yeah. I think that that can happen so often that because you're a man and I'm a woman, that there is differences in our emotions and in our responses yeah. and in the way we're navigating things that we have to put each other's shoes on yeah. and be willing to, right? Yeah. My dad says uh, maturity is being able to see things from someone else's perspective. Yeah. That's what maturity is. Yeah. And that we had to be mature enough that you had to understand I have been trained right. to be afraid of women. Right. Instead of thinking, how he, dare he? Who he, does he? Does he, he think, think I'm a hoe? Right. No. No, no. Let's instead go, I get it, dude. This no, is I don't. I don't trust me. I get it that this right. is hard. I get it. Let's work on it together. Let's bring our spouses into the conversation and let's, let's, uh, yeah, tug for more yeah. together. Because if we don't do that, that's where it starts to break down. I think on the woman's side, because we've been hurt, because we've had words yeah. said to us, because people have not given us opportunity or position when we, we did deserve it, we start vying for it. And then the ones who are God puts in our life, we attack instead of have grace for because we're- We don't understand. We don't get it, yeah. We don't understand. You're exactly right. One of the reasons that men have a hard time allowing women in ministry is because of all those emotional dynamics yeah. that sometimes we don't understand. Right. Like me and a buddy, could literally get in a fist fight and after the fist fight, we're okay. Yeah. Whereas women have more feelings yeah. that can last a little bit longer. Right. And so uh, that has been a challenge for me to navigate now yeah. that we have all these powerful women. And so we just had a dynamic in the church where we had an event that a lot of women in ministry were involved in that got really emotional. Right. There were, this person was in charge and that person was in charge and this person was trying to do it and they wanted to have a piece and they needed to buy a thing. And it kind of like started mushroom clouding a little bit emotionally. Yeah. And I remember, and my wife was involved and she has an opinion and you have an opinion. And so I'm getting all of these inputs and I, in my man brain, kind of don't know what to do. Right. Because You're I, just going to come stomp it all no, out. No, <laughs> I'm going to put my boots on and stomp the fires out because right. that's what masculinity does. Right. Because you're just trying to solve it. I'm just trying to solve it and keep reaching people and let's all calm down. Yeah. But right. I trusted that you and Rach had it. Yeah. 
And so though I didn't understand why people were feeling what they were feeling and saying what they were saying, I knew that I had the best two women in the world on the case. Yeah. Now, here's the alternative. Ignorance. Right. Because the truth because is... Because what pastors do is they say, no, I don't want women in ministry because of all the drama. No, bro. There's already drama. There's going to be drama. There's there's going to be drama. 60% of your church is probably women. Right. There's, there's going to be female drama. Right. Period. And there's going to be male drama, but there's going to be oh, female yeah. drama that you don't understand. What would you rather have? Be totally ignorant of it or be informed and have anointed people fixing it. Right. That's a good line. So in that, I realized this stuff is stressing me out because I don't know the language all the way, but... I'm glad that I have others that do yeah. and it's getting handled. Yeah. You don't because, have to know the language all the way. Because if there wasn't Pastor Whitney, it would have been a wreck. Right. Because, you know, you and Rachel sometimes play good cop, bad cop. Yeah. And it works really well. Right. Because she's able to be mom and you're able to be pastor or you're able to be mom and she's able to be pastor. Right. And you guys can deal with things. But if I was just over here all... Man, I wouldn't have any idea what the junk was going on. No, it's And true. a bunch of people would leave the church. That's what I was going to say. I think for a lot of people, what happens is all of a sudden there's a church split or a, or a big whole group that leaves. And they're like, I have no idea what even happened. Yeah. But, but if there was... Some... Like, of course I didn't know what happened. Right. I'm dense writing my sermons, leading, planning, fighting, and right. I'm not paying attention to the feelings. Right. And so, I mean, there's, there's different emotions to navigate here. Yep. And then there's different emotions to navigate in the church body and the staff. Yeah. And so the gift, you said it earlier that like you're able to be fully masculine and I'm actually able to be fully feminine. I think that's another thing that yep. so often women think, oh, if I'm going to go be a woman in ministry and I want to seat at the table, then I have to become a dude. I better put my uh, blazer on with some big shoulder pads. Nope. I'm not doing it. Right. Yeah. Because that's what we think. Right. And instead, I mean, I remember for the first year, I would look at my wardrobe. Even I mean, you're, oh, you're, you're suit, suit jacket, like, suit jacket, Winnie. When you're preaching, solid, I will be in solid colors. There will be no flowers around me. Yeah. Why? Because I was trying to prove something. I don't know. Uh, and but, for and for guys, if we don't have women in ministry around us, we feel like we have to tame it down, or we're going to scare the women. Right. But now I can show up with axes and sledgehammers, right. and I literally had a bodybuilder on stage this Sunday with his shirt off. <laughs> Why? Because all the women feel safe. Right. They know Pastor Trust, he's crazy. Pastor Trust isn't crazy, but he believes in me. Yeah. And if this lady is standing near him and, and says he's okay, then he must be so safe. So I can he be, be a be okay. full man evangelist. Right. And it, and it be fine. No, it's true. And so I just think there's so many gifts. The, the gifts and the goodness of it outweighs the struggle of the emotional dynamic. Because, yeah. because yes, you have to learn or you have to navigate these girl emotions, but we have to navigate these dude emotions. And that's For a sure. lot different too. I've had to learn how to, uh, man, sit and listen and be a part. I've had to learn when to speak, when to not speak. I, I went to a conference a, a while ago. Uh, man, it's been a little while. And Rachel and I were there and a bunch of women, it was a women in ministry type thing. And one of the ladies on the panel said something that I 100% agreed with and 100% disagreed with the way it came out yeah. all at the same moment. She said, they said, if you could tell women one thing uh, as they step into a seat at the table with men, what would it be? And she said, I would tell her, learn to be quiet. She, that's all she said which is not enough information. What she meant was 
learn when to speak and when to push and yeah. when to be silent. There are such things as stereotypes. You do already believe when it when you just say the word women in general, people do believe emotional. Yes. All the words. Yeah. External processor. Yeah. All these thoughts. And when you say man, they think dense, hard, emotionless. Right. Serious. Serious. Whatever. That if I come and show up and I'm just talking 90 to nothing and never listening. And then when I do have something to say, if I'm only saying all the words all the time, you're not going to listen. Because but, it's going to annoy the junk out of right. the men. But it doesn't mean that I have to stop being me. No. And it doesn't mean that you have to be silent. No. Something we tell our team all the time is don't use five words when three will do. Right. You ever read a book that you like wish you could read it, mm -hmm. but there's just so many words. Yeah. Just get to it already. Just say it. Say what you mean. And so it's not that I'm not allowed to say what I think. It's just I had to learn how to do it and how to do it appropriately. Go. So sometimes we'll be in a, in a leadership dynamic yeah. and Whitney will come in to tell me a story or something that's happening yeah. and I'll interrupt and I'll say, Whit, I want to hear the details. But tell me the end. <laughs> yes. Are they mad? Are they leaving? Did the person die? And then go back and like, tell me. Tell me. Oh, they, oh, they, oh, they're not dead. Okay. Oh, oh, they're okay. not getting divorced. Okay, cool. cool. Now, now give me back. the backstory because <laughs> really, as a man, I need the details. Yeah. But now, after working together, you, it's exactly what you do. Right. And, and Rachel too. Right. R no, right. And I think because I have a hard time listening for twenty minutes if I don't know the where end. it's going. Yeah. Right. And so I think there's, but that's not. That's not a, oh, women, you have to shift. No. And you don't have to shift. You've had to shift some things too. For sure. In order to work together. Yeah. Because sometimes you just need me to hear you. Yeah. There's been times that I've said, hey, yeah. I need my brother, Trustin, to listen to this yeah. all the way through. Yeah. I need all your ears, all your attention. Yeah. And, and you're, you do. Yeah. And, and so there's an understanding of like, it is a different dynamic. Let's not just come to the table and be like, you will hear me. I am woman. Hear me roar. Instead, let's figure out how to work together yeah. and allow the differences yeah. to be strengths rather than a weakness. It's true. It's good. I got one more thing on my list. Do it. Uh, so one of the reasons that women have a really hard time getting into a position of ministry yeah. is not always because of the lead pastor, but is because of the lead pastor's wife. Right. The real reason. Yeah that you and I are able to do what we do yeah. is because of Aaron and Rachel. Absolutely. So I think that sometimes the lead pastor's wife, if it's a male pastor, yeah. his wife, the first lady, if you will, she's in charge. Yeah. And because if she views other women as a threat, she's not going to let them thrive. Right. And so the the lead pastor's involvement in the church cannot be the lid that other women have to stay under. Right. The lead pastor's wife may be in a season where she's not involved as much. She right. may be in a season, or she may not even be in a season. It may be her gifting that she is the support to her husband, and that's the end. So let's just talk about ours. Yeah. So Rachel is a prophet evangelist and encourager right these are her gifts right i don't there are more people in living church because of rachel than any outreach we've ever done absolutely ha half our church right rachel met at a grocery store absolutely. i'm telling you right she's or the best she sold something on the internet and they came to your front door she's incredible right rachel leads people to the lord in bathrooms constantly on date nights right i've never seen anything like it she's an evangelist 
Rachel's gift set is there. Rachel does not want to sit in a meeting. Right. She does not want a spreadsheet. No. She doesn't want kids bouncing on her knee or to sing a song. Right. And so there's that piece, her gifting. Right. But there's also the season of life. Right. So right now we have two kids in elementary school. Right. And she's been taking care of her mom and her dad. Her dad recently passed away. So she has been a caretaker for little ones and old Animal. ones. And so she can't be here right. full time. No. She can't. So she got a part-time job to bring some resources in as a school teacher two days a week at a right. private school. And so Rachel is not in staff meetings. Right. That doesn't mean she's not a pastor here, though. No. But if Rachel's involvement in the church was the lid for other women to be in ministry, you couldn't do 90% of what you're doing. Yeah. Because you're way deeper in the day-to-day -day than Rachel is. Right. But that only comes from her confidence in who God says that she is. Right. So the next step of that idea is that what the lid should be or what the lid is, right. is the lead pastor's self-confidence and security. Yeah. That because Rachel is confident in who she is and in who I am, right? It's both. She can let you soar, right? No, because she's not no upset. Greater, there's no greater cheerleader of my life than her. No one amens. She amens you way more than me, right? I'm up there preaching. She's looking at her phone. <laughs> what in That's the junk, <laughs> Rachel? Help a brother out. Hey, you know. But she's your number one fan. It's true, and I think that because of that. Man, we're, our hope in that is that we're setting a good example for other people to see because what it allows for me is that I don't have to walk in, I don't have to walk in insecurity or pull myself back. Yeah. I don't have to shrink because I'm scared if it will hurt her. Yeah. I can just be who God's called me to be, which then allows an entire generation of girls, an entire generation of ladies to step into who they're called to be. Dude, that's so gold what you're saying. You yeah, a whole generation, a whole crop. Right. We're gonna have hundreds of female pastors birthed out of living church because of this healthy dynamic. Yeah. Okay. What would you tell a senior pastor's wife that she needs to do to be able to allow another woman in the house to thrive? Know your lane that you love to run in, run in it hard. And then, yeah, deal with it. Whatever's in there that's causing you. I mean, the truth is to be, if I can be, if I can be totally transparent. Oh, we've already, we've already <laughs> crossed lots of barriers here. So yeah. Is part it. of why Rachel is so great at it is because we've seen it done so poorly in other scenarios. Yeah. Is that we've both been super hurt by people in those roles before um, who shoved us down because they were insecure, intimidated. Yeah. Um, afraid, threatened. Didn't, threatened, didn't trust their husbands, didn't trust sin issues, all the, all the reasons. And so I think when you've experienced that, um, that's what I know about Rachel is she has experienced the pain of it and she would never want anyone else to. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to deal with some of that junk, deal with the hurt of other people. Cause what can happen is sometimes then we become, uh, the Saul to the, yeah. the other people around us. Oh, it was, we were hurt. So now we hurt other people. Hurt people hurt people, but healed people heal people, right? Yeah. It's, it's important that we allow some healing. And so then we start loving the people around us. There's a lot of things that Rachel is highly gifted in. Right. But there's also a lot of things that you're highly gifted in. Right. You are uh, highly detailed. You have an incredible memory to retain information. You can multitask like nobody I've really ever met before. You can be doing one thing 
and five other things at the same time. I can't barely do one thing at a time. And with all of, and you're an incredible leader and you can communicate. But with all of those, you're also very discerning. Yeah. And so Rachel's very discerning. Yeah. And so in my process of stepping into leading, Rachel is literally pushing me towards you saying, Winnie can help you with that. Yeah. Winnie can do this. Right. Now, there is some overlap, but right. that allows you guys to not be in competition, but instead to work together. I think that's a huge piece because I think so many times people can feel like, well, if I have this gift and she also has this gift, then she'll replace me. Hmm. And that's not what it is. In fact, for Rachel and I, we're able to work together. Right. We're able to come together, like you just said, and in areas where we have discernment or in areas where we can really speak into people's lives. Um, you said before, like good cop, bad cop, but also like I can take bullets for her mm -hmm. that she doesn't have to take and she can take bullets for me that otherwise I would have to take, you know, and, and we're able to instead together have a unified front. I think mm -hmm. that we can get afraid that my gift and her gift, if they are similar or if they're not, that we that there's only one role for each of us. But the truth is God owns a cattle of a thousand hills. There's, there's a, a lot of room in the kingdom. A ton of room for all yeah. of us. And so what Rach and I have been able to really work hard together in is to establish that like she's running into all God has for her. Yeah. And so am I. Yeah. And guess what? So can every other woman at Living right. Church. That there's not just one lane or two or three available, but that we all have something God's called us to and yeah. we are free to run into it. Yeah. And it's because of her heart to say, I'm going to cheer you on and them on that then I can keep running and paving for who's coming behind. And right. It's exciting. So the spouses makes a huge difference, makes the whole difference. We've all, we've seen people that get married to somebody. They have all the aspirations, all the gifts, all the talents. Right. They marry the wrong person. Right. <laughs> no, they're not able to thrive in ministry anymore because of who they married. It, and so it's super important. Uh, if you're single out there and watching right. that you're really paying attention that you're not just finding the hottest person that right. you can. You're not just but that they've that got some, by spring. That they got some confidence in them and right. they, they know you and trust you and love God. And that they're comfortable in who they're called to be and they yeah. and they affirm the gifts in you. You know, for me as a female uh in leadership, like for my husband, that takes a lot of humility on his part for to sure. be willing to come in and really what in, in the context that he's in, he's your best friend. So he serves you on a Sunday. He does. He, he, he does. He serves, literally serves me. Like sometimes we'll go get you a Tylenol. No, he did this week. No, I had a cramp in my butt one time and Aaron rubbed <laughs> my butt cheek in a green room so I could walk out on stage. But, but then he's rubbing your butt and then his <laughs> wife is on stage communicating, leading, right. being a pastor of the house. He's pastor of the house too, but his humility is what allows all of that. Because Aaron goes from overseeing billion dollar projects right. for the city of Fort Worth to then coming and waving at a front door. Yeah. But it's because you married the right dude right? who has a heart of humility yeah. that allows you to be close to me. And because I married the right chick who's full of confidence and belief in herself right that she allows you to have proximity absolutely so here's a giant question okay for all the pastor's wives so if you're a pastor's wife and you're hearing this here's the question how do you feel if a smart confident eloquent beautiful woman shows up into your church gets acclimated and wants to start leading right how do you feel? Because if the first thing that you feel is, uh-oh. Or, well, only if. 
then then maybe you don't believe in women in ministry. Right. And I think that some of the women that are shouting women in ministry the most, that what they're really saying is me, me in ministry. Me. Right. That's, no. a, that's a deep one. It's huge because the truth is for all of us, like, man, it's humility that allows us to be in ministry in the first place. Yeah. And if we're vying for our position, if we're vying for attention, if we're not just confident in who God's created us to be, we can't do it. And I think that's the other piece. Like if you are a lady in ministry, just serve, just be where you are. I served yeah. for a long time before I stepped into you the- were, You served in the church for probably six years before you even touched a mic. Oh, true. And then, and then we're still faithful doing like announcements and things right. for a year before right. you ever preached. Right. And your first sermon went through a gigantic filtration process. Absolutely. Which is something we need to talk about. For sure. But like to learn and to, to for to you be to step in to be obedient. Yeah. Right. And so if you're thinking, well, I'm called to ministry and my pastor better let me preach in three weeks. Your pastor had better not let anybody he doesn't know preach in three weeks. Right, right. No, it's true. And so like, yeah, man or woman, yeah. like sit there, serve, know, know what you're called to. There's nothing wrong with knowing what you're called to. There's nothing wrong with believing in yourself and right. what God's asked you to do. But you don't need to push your way in. That The Bible literally says it's God's job to promote. Yeah. Like that's what he does. Promotion comes from above, not from the east or the west. No. And so yeah. we have to instead just serve where we are, keep planted where he's got us, and then trust. And so, yeah, if you're a pastor's wife and even that question caused some stuff in you, that probably means there's stuff to deal with. Yeah. It probably means there's some junk you got to pull out and the best way to do that is in community with people around you and so here's the great one if that question hit you which part yeah she's smart she's confident she's beautiful she's eloquent which one of them right because i think that each one of them will hit a different person for a mm. different reason that's probably true so like if you're cool if a lady in ministry shows up and she's ugly as all get out she got hit by a truck before she showed up to church <laughs> And you're cool with her. Yeah. You now know where your insecurity area is. That's Maybe good. not in you, but in your husband. Yeah, that's because you know too. he'd be looking at some stuff. Right. If it's because she's real eloquent. Well, maybe it's you're just a little nervous about talking in front of people. Right. Develop that gift or no, that's not your gift. Right. Be if it's okay because it. she's really organized. Okay, cool. Maybe you're not super organized. Be okay with that. If it's because she's really relational and you're not highly relational, that's okay. Like, hmm. Difference does not mean they're your enemy. No. And because, because you're different than Rachel, you are a gift to her. Yes. And because she's different from you, she's a gift to you. Correct. And you said something earlier that I, as you're t talking, I'm like, yeah, the humility of Rachel, but the servant heart of her For sure. is a huge piece that like this first lady thing, like oh, we're no, not, the we're not the presidents. No. Like we're all sons and daughters of God. I'm called. not a king. No. And Rachel's not a queen of living church. And so she, in the same way Aaron serves you, she serves me. We serve each other. Yeah. In, in a very uh, constant dynamic that's always changing and fluxing depending on who needs what at the moment. Yeah. And I think that's a huge piece for the pastor, the lead pastor's wife to recognize that like, your role is to be a part of the kingdom. Yeah. Your role is to love and serve and yeah, mother, but so is hers and hers and hers. And yeah. so like, don't be afraid that someone's going to replace you instead recognize what a gift it is yeah. to do it together. It's really good.
Really good. So this has been a long podcast. Right. And so thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. I hope that it's been beneficial as we've raised a bunch of questions. Right. Because the truth is there's a whole lot more on your notes that we wanted yeah, to say. Lots, lots. And so, and so I think that we're going to keep having this conversation yeah. because it's part of the dynamic of who we are. But one of the things that helps us the most is when we receive right. questions. Yeah. And so if you're any of the categories, if you're a man in ministry with some questions, that's me. Right. If you're a woman wanting to be in ministry and you're trying to figure it out and you have some questions, ask. Right. If you're the spouse right. of a person and you're trying to wrestle with some of this, whatever it is, we want to help answer the questions. Yeah. And if you can't tell, we're going to talk about all of it. Yeah. So like in this podcast, we just said a bunch of crazy stuff. Right. But it's because if it's not said, it can't be led. Right. It's true. And so we're willing to talk and share about it. And really anything of our story, just like our phones and laptops, it's all on the table. It's, it's the all table. willing for you to look in and, and dive through and, and dig into because that's kind of what we feel called to. Yeah. That in this tug for more that we know that the dynamic we have is something God's gifted us with. Yeah. And we're willing to share it with anybody. So comment, share, like, subscribe, but let us know what you need and, and we'll keep talking about yeah. it. Yeah. It's not an anomaly. It's it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be an anomaly. It can't be copied, but it can be duplicated. True. We'll talk about that next time. Right. If you haven't already liked, shared, comment, followed, subscribed, do it. Help us. Support Love us. Love you guys.